today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. It is absolutely imperative that we walk through those times. See, when David came out of that time, he would be a king that all other kings would measure themselves against. He would become, in a sense, that standard in many ways. And God would say, David is a man after my own heart reaching up high with arms open wide we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet no one wants to experience the hurt of brokenness but as christians it is absolutely essential that we walk through that refining process In today's message, Pastor Ed shares the brokenness that David experienced, even though the Bible tells us that he was a man after God's own heart. The rejection that he suffered produced a standard by which all other kings would be measured. Are you experiencing brokenness in some area of your life? Trust the master potter as he forms you into his masterpiece. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. studying the life of David, we've seen how this young man who grew up in obscurity was lifted by the hand of God to a place of notoriety. David suddenly was catapulted to the leading place in Israel beside King Saul teenage boy walks out onto the battlefield. For 40 days, Goliath had challenged the people of Israel. A cloud of despair had just swept over the nation as they were terrorized by the Philistines. And then this young teenager comes without armor, with just a shepherd's staff and a sling, And he brings down the fear, the terrorizer of Israel. He makes the front page on the Jerusalem Times. I mean, he's in their People magazine uh, on the cover and in the center and in the back. Uh, Everybody's talking about David. And David, a great writer, a musician, a composer, is helping Saul. When Saul has those anxiety attacks, there David comes and he plays on that harp and he just sings. And Saul's calm. And he's so versatile that they put him in the military. And he begins climbing up the ranks because every time he goes out to battle, he is a success. The enemy is defeated. In fact, 1 Samuel 18, 5 says, Wherever Saul sent him to do, David did it so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the people and Saul's officers as well. Now, imagine with me what David is thinking. 
he had been the runt in that family. Mom, dad, his brothers didn't think too much of him. And now he is acclaimed by the people. But it's not going to last long. It's not going to continue for any length of time. When the women come back singing, and they're composing songs about David, and they're composing songs about their heroes, and they're singing, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Jealousy. Gripped the heart of Saul and he watched David like a hawk. Suddenly, Saul's attitude changed towards David. David would no longer enjoy the favor, he would no longer enjoy that esteemed position because Saul was bent on destroying him. God, where are you in all of this? God, do you see? Do you hear? Listen to what the writer of Amazing Grace said. John Newton. Trials are medicines which our gracious and wise physician prescribes because we need them. And he proportions the frequency and the weight of them to what the case requires. We've all seen it. Someone rises like a meteor only to burn out. We think of popular music culture, Britney Spears. She just self-destructs. It's not only in... The music, Hollywood scene, it's the political scene. Think of uh, John Edwards. Great potential. It's not only there, it's a religious scene. Bishop Eddie Long, a church of 25,000 people and all the things that they're talking about right now. God knows what each one of us is all about. And God wanted to destine David to succeed, he wanted him to be a monarch that would not fail like Saul, but be a success. And he needed trials. He needed the process of brokenness. It was Robert Browning Hamilton who wrote, I walked a mile with pleasure, she chatted all the way, and left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and ne'er a word said she, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. David would spend more than a decade in the school of sorrow. For more than a decade, God would break him and break him again and break him again so that he might mold and shape him into the man that he had destined him 
to be. Not one of us likes the process of brokenness. Not one of us on our own would enroll in that course of sorrow and trials. But it is absolutely essential. It is absolutely imperative that we walk through those times. See, when David came out of that time, he would be a king that all other kings would measure themselves against. He would become, in a sense, that standard in many ways. And God would say, David is a man after my own heart. We're going to look this morning at the process of brokenness. And maybe you'll see yourself in part of the process. But the first thing that he experienced was the experience of rejection. In verse 28 of chapter 18, when the king realized how much the Lord was with David and how Michael loved him, that was Saul's daughter, he became even more afraid of him. And he remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Then in chapter 19, Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. David had the favor of Saul. He was the court musician. He had slain Goliath the giant. He had become a a leading military leader in his army. He was a loyal subject, but Saul turns against him with a vengeance, with a passion. And something begins happening. He begins to experience a school of brokenness. This great reversal, where he was honored, and maybe he's thinking, oh, good, I'm past my childhood. Oh, good, I'm past my early years in life. Suddenly, he is dishonored. I want you to think of what David might have felt like. His father didn't think much of him. His brothers didn't think much of him. But now the most powerful man in the nation, Saul, the king, the monarch, who had shown him favor, now wants to destroy him. David could have said, oh no, here that cycle begins. And he could have begun reliving his childhood. That old feelings of being rejected could have crept up filled his heart, dominated his life because that's what he was experiencing. David's brothers communicated verbally and non-verbally that he wasn't worth anything. And now Saul is trying to eliminate him, kill him, destroy him. One thing is stripped from his life after another. The first is his position. It says in verse 30, every time the commanders of the Philistines attacked, David was more successful against them than all the rest of Saul's officers. So David's name became very famous. But that position was taken from him. Have you ever lost a job? Have you ever been denied a promotion? Not because 
you didn't merit it just simply because someone above you didn't like you, had it in for you. Well, whether it was your fault or someone else's fault, it hurts. And David right now is feeling pain deep inside. Now, some of you know what that is, to lose a job, to lose a position. The person above tries to keep you down, to destroy you, to break you. You work for some particular person within a company or within a business, and they zero in on you just to make life miserable. That's where David was. Sometimes uh, a boss or a company will use you just for their own ends. And then when they finish using you, throw you away. It doesn't matter that you were loyal. It doesn't matter that you were working hard. It doesn't matter that you were giving your best. They couldn't care less. And you see, those who maybe don't work as hard, and those who just have a, a different relationship with that person, they're able to get ahead. Here's David, and he has that position ripped from him. Not only that, he goes from one of the most beloved people in Israel to having his picture in the post office as the most wanted man. As he flees from city to city, from place to place. I mean, you talk about pain. David's going through it. Oftentimes, our self-esteem could be wrapped up in the jobs that we have, the positions that we hold. And when that no longer is there, suddenly we feel just at a loss. What is God doing? God, I believe, is teaching David, David, you are worth something because I love you. David, you have value because you're my son. David, I have a purpose for you. No matter what anyone around feels about you, no matter what anyone around does to you, you are precious in my sight. It should knock our socks off that God loves us and that God cares about us. And he put a value, a price tag on us. That price tag was the life of his own son, Jesus. He not only loses a position, but he loses something really important. Security. Security. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 3, it says this, But I swear to you, I'm only a step away from death. That's David. He feels like death is catching up to him. Saul's going to snuff out his life. And 1 Samuel 27, 1. But David thought to himself, one of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. I remember pastoring a family from Iran. They escaped through the mountains in Turkey. And their pastor, an Assembly of God minister, was a martyr. They took his life. And Boris and Lydia would tell me the stories of what it was like to be persecuted, what it was like 
to be a Christian in a Muslim nation where they literally wanted to destroy the Christians. And they remember the time that their pastor's life was taken. He had been in jail several times. And then when he was out of jail, someone just assassinated him. Well, David was living in constant concern that his life would be taken. Imagine living like that. Martin Luther, the great reformer, was being formed and forged by the hand of God. It was in 1529 when he was going through a very dark time when his life was in danger that he wrote that great song that became the song of the Reformation, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Let me read just a few of the words, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, a bulwark never failing. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Does ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. What David was learning was to take refuge in God, to draw strength from God. When all the props are knocked out, when the enemy comes in like a flood against you, when you feel this process of being broken, what's God doing in you? He's teaching you to take refuge in him. That's what is happening. In the midst of David's pain, in the midst of all that he's going through, he's becoming more and more like Christ. Isaiah 53 speaks of Messiah, and it says, He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. Uh, Luke 9.22, Jesus is speaking, and the Son of Man refers to Jesus. That's a self-designation he gave himself. It was a messianic designation. He says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected. No one likes to be rejected. It hurts. It's painful. When the door is shut in your face, when they turn their back on you, when you're pushed away. And that's where David is right now. But what is God doing? God is shaping and molding and forming his life. See, the pressure you feel is the hand of the master potter molding your life. When you look at David's Psalms, you could see Jesus. You could hear Jesus. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? David said that. Jesus used those words on the cross. Psalm 69 says, they've parted my garments and they cast lots for them. Jesus experienced that. David, in those moments, became so close to God that he began to speak prophetically in a messianic way. When the pressure, when the stress, when position, when 
safety, when all of those things just seem to assail you, God is doing something on the inside. See, someday, David was going to sit on a throne. Someday, David was going to reign. And God was preparing him for that moment, for that time. I like the way Peter Marshall said it. God will never permit any troubles to come upon us unless he has a specific plan by which great blessings can come out of difficulty. God intends for great blessings to come out of your great pain. There was something else that he experiences, not only this rejection and that hurt, but he experienced the breaking or the broken relationships. David knew that from childhood. God is involved in every facet of our life, in every season of our life. He can use it. David said in Psalm 27:10, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. And what God was doing in David's life is he was teaching David to trust in him, to rely upon him. James Phillips said, God has lessons for us to learn in our times of trouble, and he is strong enough to resist our piteous cries for relief until the discipline of pain does its gracious work in our souls. Oh, God, that hurts. Oh, God, I, I, I can't take another trial like this. God, how long? How long? How long? Watch what God is doing in David's life. David had at least one person, one elder who believed in him, and that was Samuel, the great prophet. And and David found some refuge and some consolation when all of Israel was turning against him, or at least the majority. He, He was with Samuel the prophet. But then... In chapter 25, verse 1, his mentor was taken from him. I was a young pastor, about 28 years old, and I pastored. I was the youngest pastor that church ever had. And I remember at the church, there had been a series of difficulties. The church had stress points, to say the least. But I would call a Pastor Greco. And say, Pastor, what do I do? (laughs) Help me. Give me some counsel. And he was that mentor to me. I remember when he died in 1989, the loss I felt. One of my mentors, someone that I could call and I could talk to. What was God doing in David's life? David, I want you to depend on me. David, I want you to come to my throne and hear my voice and listen to my instruction and for my word to be your guide. I remember one of my Bible teachers back in my home church. He was a Jewish believer who had incredible insight into the word. And I remember him teaching and I had some questions and I would always ask him questions as a young believer. And one day I came to him and I said, could you explain this to me? And then he stunned me. He said, well, did you ask God? 
Well, it was much easier to ask him <laughs> than to ask God. And so I said, well, you know, he said, go pray about it. Go talk to the Lord about it. As Dr. Ed Jones continues to take us on a journey through the story of David, we continue to learn more about what a life lived for God can look like. David wasn't perfect by any means, but God used him in powerful ways, and he can use you too. We do hope that you've been blessed by today's message on Building in Faith and invite you to visit our website to learn more about our ministry. Our web address is buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find an archive of previous messages available to listen to or download or even share with someone you feel will be impacted by the message. Be sure to find us on Facebook as well by searching for Faith AG2. We know how important social media is in people's lives today and by liking us on Facebook, you can keep up to date with all that's happening at Faith Assembly. We'd also like to invite you to join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area for our weekly time of fellowship, Bible teaching, and worship of our Savior. We meet each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and also on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and have many activities for all ages and all walks of life. Give us a call for directions and to find out more about our congregation at 845-462-5955. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us again here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the Word of God, sharing with us new chapters in David's story. Your word restores it.